This is the 59th episode of Decoding Fox News, and I am your host, Juliet Jeske. Each week, I watch and analyze 15 hours of Fox News and then break it down. I watch all the Fox News you'd never want to. This is a big episode this week. This is what happened. So I was kind of stuck at the end of last week, and I thought, I don't really see it. I'm just going to have to pull, like, random clips Try to make an arc, try to make something happen with this. And like Sunday night, it hit me and went, You idiot, it was right there. Go back. And I knew in order to make this happen, I was going to have to rewatch everything on this theme. So I did that. And then I went, Nope, I'm going to have to go back and get an hour of Tucker Carlson because I saw some articles about him talking about this. So I did that. So this is a total of 17 hours. Not 15, because I also got an hour where Tucker interviewed Trump. But here's the theme. This is what hit me over the head with like a ton of bricks Sunday night. And I spent all of day Sunday and yesterday going back through sections to fully make this arc happen. How the leaked Pentagon document story got increasingly warped on Fox News. These are my favorite types of themes to go for where you see the evolution of something that started off mundane and becomes twisted and horrible. Now, this first clip is Mark Thiessen. He's a contributor, a columnist for Washington Post, and he's of the conservative bent, totally, completely. He starts off reasonable. This is what you would expect someone who claims to love this country to react to a situation like this. Unless you know him, about these leaks and the seriousness of this, listen. It's a huge deal, and it is worse than Snowden because Snowden gave away older intelligence and he gave away programs. This is exposing human sources. I mean, we, they're exposing how we penetrated the Russian Ministry of Defense, how we penetrated the Wagner Group. Uh, there are people right now, I would assume, who are in danger of being killed or, or in hiding uh, because when, you, when, you, when the Russians find out that we knew certain information, they knew who had it and who didn't have it, and they can go after them. And, you know, if you see all these oligarchs happening to fall out of buildings, uh, you might see some U.S. sources is falling out of buildings too so and that's going to cut off intelligence to us and it's going to deter other people from sharing with us because we can't be trusted to keep those secrets now the reason why you hear ansley anhart's voice at the beginning there is that this is from wednesday's fox and friends she was playing a clip from the previous evening of special report with brett bear which is mark Thiessen, the voice you just heard and his his reaction is reasonable he expresses concern about national security our military our government our relationship with our allies, what could become of U.S. intelligence sources, Uh, people could get killed for this. Perfectly reasonable response and kind of surprising for Fox News, which is why I start with this, because this is kind of where I started with the story on Fox. Now, this was before we knew the identity of the chief suspect in this case, and this whole story kind of rapidly sped up in that the Washington Post, New York Times, and Bellingcat were all involved in the reporting of this, of breaking the story. But the Washington Post especially just cracked it wide open and had people who actually knew the chief suspect and the whole nine yards. So this went from a, I think it got mentioned for like two minutes on Tuesday on Fox and Friends. And Wednesday you have that brief clip and that was pretty much it. They had a little bit of uh, chatter about it, but it was not a major story. And then by Thursday, it completely dominated the entire network. 
So this is, again, before they captured anyone, this is Thursday morning, Brian Kilmeade, also along the same sort of thread as Mark Thiessen. But we're getting the inside source on wars, operations, communications, mm -hmm. that uh, it might be intriguing, and I get it. It's uh, fascinating. I understand it. But for America, it could not be worse. And where is our president? He's on a family vacation in Ireland. So, of course, Brian Kilmeade blames uh, President Biden. They blame President Biden for absolutely everything. So that's not unexpected at all. Uh, they were trying to make a lot out of Biden's trip to Ireland before this story kind of dominated everything, um, because, of course, they were. Um, they were kept calling it a family vacation, which is kind of ridiculous because Biden did meet with, like, the president of Ireland and he met with leaders in Northern Ireland. And this was definitely not um, like a lighthearted trip to just see his roots. It was it was a state visit as well. Um, now. Things shift a little bit because, again, they're trying to sort of mitigate what's happened here. And on the same day, this is again Thursday, Brian Kilmeade takes some liberties with what was found in the trove of documents. So they get 27 new pages that are now out there that the New York Times found, and they reinforce the, uh, how deeply the American spy agencies have gotten into uh, Russian intelligence. There's no human intelligence. It is uh, electronic intelligence that they've been able to hack into. And it chronicles the divisions. If Vladimir Putin had to personally get involved between the Wagner Group and the relative and the regular military, it talked about the battle over casualties, how many actually were in Russia, how many aren't. It talked about a lot of their ineptness. I'm not sure how accurate Brian Kilmeade is when he claimed that there was no human resources used here for the intelligence because... I think the jury's still out on that. I'm not sure exactly what got leaked. From what I read, it seemed like it was a combination of both. However, I included that because later that gets contradicted by other people on Fox. So it's, I always, this always cracks me up because I'm like, do you guys watch your own network? Do you know? There's, there's no, sometimes there's frightening consistency on this network and that they repeat the exact same talking points over and over and over throughout the entire day, like verbatim the exact same talking point. And they try to act like they're spontaneously coming up with it on their own. I've seen that countless times on Fox. And then there are times like this where a story's more politically um, hot, more politically explosive, where they don't follow each other at all. They just kind of come up with their own narrative and they push it and there's no consistency. And that's a little bit more what's happening with this story. So... This next guest got me very excited and I was like jumping out of my skin because this is a rare moment of a segment we haven't had in a minute called Fox Guest Goes Rogue. And this is when a guest on Fox does not play by the rules. And in this case, it was even more perfect because this is the opposite of a bogus expert. This is a highly appropriate um, perfect expert, someone who's overqualified to be on Fox. Um, this is Kurt Volker, former ambassador to NATO. He worked under the George W. Bush administration. Volker was also uh, the U.S. Special Representative for Ukraine negotiations at one point in his career. So instead of feeding off hysteria, he kind of brings this down to earth a little bit. Well, I don't think it's that damaging in terms of the content. There's very little that has come out so far that we didn't already know. 
you know, we knew the Russian military is in a shambles. We knew the Ukrainians are low on ammunition. Some of this is a few months old as well, so operational plans keep changing. Uh, so I don't think it's damaging in that way. It is embarrassing for the United States that, you know, it's revealed yet again we spy on our allies. Uh, we can't keep our secrets. That is a little troubling. And on the presence in the embassy, let me just say, I think it is terrific that we have people there. I would be concerned if we didn't. Uh, I think we do have to keep an eye on what we're providing to Ukraine, and we have to be giving them good advice, and we have to have our own eyes and ears on the ground. Now, when he refers to people at the embassy, what he's talking about is, and this is not new, this was actually revealed back in November. I remember when it was revealed back in November that I was like, why are you guys freaking out? We already knew this. There is a tiny contingency of U.S. special forces inside the, the Ukrainian embassy. And it's very important that they're in the embassy because even though it's not technically considered like U.S. soil, it's diplomatically speaking, it's kind of the safest place for them to be because that way they're not actually in Ukraine. They're in the U.S., even though they're technically in Ukraine, but they're in the U.S. embassy representing the United States government. They're there for management purposes and training purposes to sort of help the Ukrainians. Um, it's 14 people. So remember this, 14 people. That's it. U.S. Special Forces. It's really not that shocking that they're there since we're giving them millions of dollars worth of military aid, uh, equipment, especially very technically difficult equipment to, to manage. But if you see their Volker kind of turns the dial down, he says, yes, this is not great. Yes, this is bad. This intelligence, however, was old. Uh, the special forces are not what you people are trying to make this, this, them out to be. Um, and it was just amazing. I was like, yes. Oh my God, I can't believe they had this guy on. How did they, how did he slip through? They, they figured, oh, he's a Republican, <laughs> you know, cause he probably is a Republican since he worked for GW Bush, but he did not give them what I think they were expecting. And again, that was on Fox and friends. Now by Thursday evening, everything changed because the primary suspect in this case was captured and identified. So before I get into that, I should actually give a shout out to my sponsor since I haven't yet and we're 11 minutes in. Um, this project is made possible by the Town Knight Center for News Integrity at the Craig Newmark Graduate School of Journalism at CUNY. Very proud graduate of that program. I am not a student. I say that because people sometimes think I'm a student. This project is also funded and it's hopefully... My goal is to get this completely self-funded so I don't have to rely on a grant. I don't have to rely on anybody else. Not quite there yet. <laughs> Got a ways to go. But I'm also funded by supporters of my Substack channel and of my Patreon account, which is also for Decoding Fox News. And I have paid subscriptions as low as $5 a month. If you'd want to become a paid subscriber, you can go to my Substack channel or you can go to my Patreon. And you can support this project that way. So back to the craziness on Fox. Thursday, at some point in the afternoon, a suspect in this case is arrested. The Five, which is the number one rated show on Fox News, comes on at 5 p.m. Eastern Standard Time. So they are going to react very differently now that we have a suspect. Now let me describe the suspect. <laughs> Jack Tessaria, a 21-year-old member of the Massachusetts Air National Guard. Uh, he allegedly shared the documents and information that he obtained 
to impress a small group of gamers on a Discord chat server. One of the members of this server eventually leaked this information outside of this private group. According to reporting by the Washington Post, Texaria posted a video of himself wearing protective glasses and ear covers at a shooting range. He yells a series of racial and anti-Semitic slurs into the camera, then fires several rounds from a rifle at the target. He also referenced government raids at Ruby Ridge in Idaho and in Waco, Texas. Now, these two are incidents that are rallying cries of a sort for the far-right and anti-government extremists. According to sources cited by both the Washington Post and New York Times, Texaria wasn't a whistleblower concerned about government malfeasance or overreach. He was just an immature young man trying to impress his online friends. He also expressed a deep love of his Catholic faith. Now, the reason why I include his faith, because really doesn't mean much of anything. You can be Catholic and liberal, you can be Catholic and conservative. It doesn't really matter. But it sort of paints a picture of his overall profile and that you're dealing with someone that Fox definitely does not want to vilify. A young, white, male Christian who's pro-gun, part of our U.S. military. Um, That part of his personality... Fox definitely doesn't want to include in any sort of villain or person that would be working against the U.S. government. That's not what Fox wants to emphasize. Now, this young man also uh, apparently had signs of being a racist and an anti-Semite. And then if you're talking about Waco or Ruby Ridge, that is very deeply concerning uh, issues because those are often brought up by anti-government extremists and white supremacists. I don't know if this, I'm not going to go that far uh, to call this kid a white supremacist because we don't know that yet. We just know that he has, you know, had no problem using racial slurs. So that's incredibly troubling as well as anti-Semitic slurs, um, which is also racist, but, you know, specifically targeted towards one group. Not good. Not good at all. Now I've seen this pattern before. And when Fox gets a story that they don't really want to delve into because it would make their side look bad or make their their viewers look bad, they just deny that it's real. They just say it's not happening. That's not happening. This can't be real. Uh, kind of like how initially when January 6th happened, there were some people on the right that said that they were those were Antifa protesters dressed up like MAGA supporters. There's some that still insist that that's what happened, even though people have been arrested and gone to prison for it, but whatever. So this is from The Five. It starts with Greg Gutfeld, goes to Jesse Waters, and then we hear from Katie Pavlich, who's not a regular on The Five, but she was subbing for uh, Judge Jeanine. I used to get upset about intel leaks because it puts lives at risk. At risk, but I don't trust any information that we're getting anymore from our government or from Ukraine or Russia. I mean, you know, what if a, in that leaking material was actual truth, right? I mean, I, we seem to remember, you know, Obama saying that we were winning the Afghan war and that the Taliban were being destroyed, and that's the reason why we draw down the troops. And then, of course, we find out that's all BS. I just want to point out that he he's talking about Obama in terms of the Afghan war, and yes. Obama was president for eight years, but that war lasted for 20 years and was started by G.W. Bush. It's just, you know, humorous that he doesn't mention, oh, I don't know who started the war and who also was pushing false intelligence. If you're going to talk about false intelligence and you're not going to mention George W. Bush, I mean, uh, I can't even because they totally lied 
to not just the American public, but to the world regarding weapons of mass destruction in Iraq, along with other intelligence that was complete garbage. Shut up, Greg Gutfeld. Just shut, shut your mouth. Now, this is Jesse Waters. I don't trust anything about this story. I'm with Greg. This is more than the fog of war. I assume the government's lying to me. I assume the media's lying to me. So when they say this thing's all wrapped up and it's some gamer in Massachusetts that leaked this thing, I don't know. I don't even know if these leaks are real. I'm, I'm going to need a lot more information about the situation before I'm willing to hang this guy or even say that he's guilty. I'm not really sure I believe what they're telling us about this situation, given that this information that John Kirby essentially said was, was, was authentic by berating the press for reporting on it. Mm -hmm. um, all of a sudden, President Biden's strategy in Ukraine, which he's been saying is working, gets revealed as failing because the Ukrainians are going to run out of ammunition in May. They're not winning against Russia, as we've been told that they are. And now all of a sudden, they've tracked down an IT guy, <laughs> a reservist in Maryland, to say that he's the one who did it. I mean, I just think that there's going to be a lot more to the story. And given the fact that they have lied about this, that the Afghanistan Papers, which is a great book by Craig Whitlock, revealed that for decades they were lying to us about the progress of the war, it's the same pattern. And so while we're talking about the guy who possibly did this, we're not talking about what the information revealed, which is that the government has been telling us one thing and the reality on the ground is quite different. Now, I don't completely disagree with Pavlich as what she's saying is correct. The U.S. public was given an overly optimistic, overly rosy view of what was going on in the war in Afghanistan. However... I would say this. I think that's kind of the nature of war and the nature of governments and that the Pentagon is not exactly going to be like everything is terrible. We need more soldiers and support. It's usually not how it's, it's handled. Uh, I'm not defending what they did. I'm just saying that this is not unexpected. However, I don't think that that really relates to this leaker in that the New York Times and Washington Post spoke to actual sources uh, in some cases, minor aged children, <laughs> teenage boys who, you know, gave testimony about this person. And I'm not sure how do you get a teenager, especially a teenager of all people. Like, I don't think anybody trying to make up a fake story is like, hmm, who do I need to get to make this really convincing? I need a teenager to talk to me about specifics of this story. That would probably be, and I'm not saying that these teenagers aren't reliable, but that would be the probably the craziest uh, fake expert you could get, a fake witness you could get. Because I, I don't, I wouldn't put a ton of faith in that person sticking to that story if they're lying. Um, I, I do think that um, these teenagers are telling the truth because they're probably terrified at this point. They're probably very, very scared that they're going to get caught up in this. And I just think it would be kind of wacky for the FBI to come up with that. Uh, like, I, you know, like if they're going to come up with like a fake source, I just I don't think a kid would be the best way to go about it. It's just just my two cents. Um, I also don't think that Fox would be reacting this way had this uh, leaker been a leftist anti-war activist who wanted absolutely full transparency and no government secrets whatsoever. That type of activist, there's no way, in my humble opinion, that the three individuals that we just heard would be saying the exact same thing they just said. 
Now, Tucker Carlson is going to take this to a whole crazy, crazy, crazy place. Now, Tucker Carlson went on for 11 minutes, then had Glenn Greenwald on for four minutes. So, of course, I can't play all of that for you. So I broke it down to a short clip of just Tucker Carlson, including how many times he mentions these special forces in Ukraine. And let me, again, give you the number of people in our embassy in Ukraine that are special forces troops. It is 14. So 14 American servicemen, uh, service people, I should say, are not enough to take on the Russian army. I know. Uh, Maybe they should be. Maybe I should be optimistic like the Pentagon and say that they are. I'm kidding. It's a joke. Um, 14 special uh, forces are there to help the Ukrainians, you know, navigate this equipment they don't know how to use, all of these weapons we're giving them, uh, strategy, all of that. I'm sure we're giving them intelligence. We're helping them with intelligence. Uh, So that's what's going on. It's 14 people. 14 people. Can't say this enough. Picture 14 people in a room. Picture the Russian army. Okay, there you go. So here's the clips of Tucker Carlson trying to weave this insanity. The United States is a direct combatant in a war against Russia. As we speak, American soldiers are fighting Russian soldiers. Their only job is to tell the truth. And yet tonight, the news media are celebrating the capture of the kid who told Americans what's actually happening in Ukraine. They are treating him like Osama bin Laden, maybe a little worse, actually, because unlike al-Qaeda, apparently this kid is a racist. So the fact that U.S. soldiers are fighting Russian soldiers in a war in Ukraine has no business in the public domain. One question about the substance of the information, we're fighting a war against Russia directly, really? Don't they have the largest nuclear arsenal in the world? They're covering up the crimes committed to get you this information. The administration apparently used illegal surveillance techniques to identify this kid, apparently with the help of the Washington Post and the New York Times, who are its accomplices. They're not holding government accountable. They're helping government keep you from knowing what government is doing. And by the way, just last week, the plan was to lie in an even more grotesque way and blame Russia for this. And we're quoting, Russia or pro-Russian elements are likely behind the leak of several classified U.S. military documents posted on social media that offer a partial month-old snapshot of the war in Ukraine, three U.S. officials told Reuters on Friday. I just don't understand how any journalist could collaborate in hiding the fact that we're in a direct hot war with Russia. There's so much to unpack with that one. But again, I'm just going to go through the Reuters quote. So he says that I'm going to attack that first. So he says of the Reuters quote, I broke this down. Uh, he's basically saying that Reuters is lying by saying that uh, Russia's behind disseminating these documents on social media. They're not. Reuters is not lying. He's taking that out of context. So what happened was these documents first got stuck on Discord. One of the Discord members stuck them on YouTube. And then Lord knows where they went. Because YouTube, that's public. Anybody can grab it. And basically what's, what Reuters may be saying there, which is easy to interpret, is that Russians have picked this up and are putting them on Telegram. We know that. And putting it on other social media platforms. Haha. So that statement, Russia or pro-Russian elements are likely behind the leak of several U.S. classified military documents posted, this is the key, on social media. So social media is a very broad term that means YouTube, Telegram, anything like that. 
had that statement said Discord, mm, Tucker Carlson would have a point. But that's not what the statement says. He's misleading his viewers about it. And I also want to point out that this was already revealed uh, by the Pentagon last November. And I remember when the story broke. And I remember how they explained it, that they're there to just sort of help. Uh, 14 people is a tiny, tiny group of people. And again, like, I would love to ask Tucker Carlson, if this was true, how on earth do these 14 people have, like, a magic force field around them and they have not been harmed or killed? How do we have uh, American soldiers in a hot war with Russia and, like, we've had no casualties, absolutely zero? You know, what are we telling their families they died in Syria? Are we just making stuff up? Uh, We have a tiny, we have a much larger group in Syria, actually. Uh, It's small by military terms, but much bigger than 14 people. So 14 people in an embassy in Ukraine is not the same thing as starting World War III. But Tucker doesn't care. That's what Tucker does. And I just, I remember reading this and I went, I have to go back and get that. And I have to include it because this is bonkers. Now, if you were watching... Uh, Fox last Thursday, and you sat through hand, uh, Tucker Carlson. The first 14 minutes of his show was dedicated to this. And then you sat back and you watched Hannity, you might be a little confused. Because Hannity, although similar, takes a totally different angle with this. And this is Hannity, same night, right after this. Uh, let me be very clear here tonight. This is a big deal. Number one, all of us, all of you have been lied to by Joe Biden and the Biden administration and their inability to safeguard this country's most sensitive secrets. This is a clear and present danger, a major threat to our national security. By the way, a major threat for our allies' national security. By the way, it gives Vladimir Putin I know the Biden family syndicate loves to do business with Russia and Putin. It gives them critical intelligence that they would not have otherwise had. And worst of all, it exposed that Joe Biden authorized putting U.S. special forces on the ground in Ukraine and lied to we, the American people. We should have known about some of this. They should have at least gone through Congress. And this needs to be gotten to the bottom of. These documents exposed our entire Ukraine war strategy, our level of involvement. It revealed that there are the special forces stationed at the embassy in Ukraine. They gave the location of where our forces are. Well, that means that makes them a target of Vladimir Putin. I'm just going to point out the obvious here that by putting special ops in the U.S. embassy, it is probably the safest place we could put them in Ukraine because Vladimir Putin and the Russian military know you cannot just blow up an embassy especially in this situation. So if they targeted that embassy, that would almost definitely trigger uh, all of NATO to then declare war on Russia, and it would be game on 31 countries against Russia. Vladimir Putin doesn't want that. So the idea that they're going to blow up the U.S. embassy because to get 14 special ops is absolutely, completely absurd. Second, to say that this revealed our entire strategy in the Ukraine war, I don't think is accurate, especially considering what Volker said earlier, the actual expert. This is not good. What happened is not good. But I, Hannity's definitely exaggerating it here. And of course, he blames Biden. That's to be expected that actually makes far more sense than Tucker's crazy weaving and, and making excuses for Russia, which is what Tucker Carlson did when he tried to claim that Reuters was lying about a story, which they were not, uh, according to the way I read it. It made, it made perfect sense. Their statement made 
perfect sense and seem completely accurate because Russia is putting this stuff on social media platforms. Now, that was all Thursday. Thursday was, whoa, the sky is falling on Fox News. By Friday, it goes back down a notch on Fox and Friends. They gave Brian Kilmeade this huge display behind him, like the size of a wall of graphics of what was revealed in the Pentagon document leaks, and Brian Kilmeade went to town with it. So the state of the war in Ukraine is among the things that are out there, including the, the hits that Ukraine has taken, the fact that we have special forces on the ground in and out the embassy, revealed the secrets about friends and foes. It damaged our relationship with South Korea, damaged our relationship with Israel, damaged our relationship with the UAE, and also the way we do operations with Russia and with China, to be able to listen into Russian intel and the turbulence that they have at the highest level. Also important to point out, when you talk about what's happening with this war, the Russians are fighting with each other. They're fighting with each other on the casualty numbers. They're fighting with each other on who gets the ammo. They're fighting with each other on the Wagner Group, as well as the FSB. Uh, they are not on board with this war. Ukraine has taken tremendous, uh, tremendous punishment. I guess once two of the opinion hosts, Tucker Carlson and Hannity, decided that the kernel of this story was the fact that we have 14 special ops uh, troops in the embassy in Ukraine, that was the main story now. That's what they're going to push now. This idea that 14 people are somehow started World War III. They haven't. We haven't. But that's how they're going to take it. Um, and again, just imagine like an Antifa type or a hippie type being the person who stole these documents and put them out into the world. There's no way, no way that Fox would have reacted the same way they reacted with, this didn't happen. And then this twisted, like, we've just started World War III. What about Russia? And then Biden, 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 he's protecting Russia. All of silliness. I don't have any time to include the clips because uh, I wanted to do that whole arc and that took up pretty much all of the time. But I, there was a category that was just perfect for this past week um, that I'm going to just mention very quickly. And that category, I haven't done it in a while. I know it's a fan favorite. People quote this is the clutch your pearls, oh, clutch your pearls. And it's whenever Fox News gets really worked up or upset about something Biden did that Trump did 10 times worse. And in this instance, there's two of them. One being uh, Biden going to Ireland. They acted as if that was the most outrageous thing a president could possibly do is to go to a foreign country for a few days. Trump went golfing pretty much every weekend, constantly golfing, even when he probably shouldn't have gone golfing. And he took along the Secret Service and had them stay in his resorts. And we picked up the tab for all that to the tune of like tens of thousands of dollars every time he went. So I don't know if it's really getting, you know, saying that Biden actually meeting with the Irish president and meeting with leaders in Northern Ireland and, uh, you know, is sort of this horrible, monstrous, you know, terrible thing that he did. I think that's absolutely ridiculous. Uh, also, the now, Trump didn't do this, but I, I just find this really funny because I think it's a, a, just a very, very funny thing to get outraged over. The other thing that they kept, and I made a clip of this, put it on Twitter, that over and over again last week that was just, you know, they couldn't control themselves was this. I'll, I'll try to pull back from the mic a little bit. How dare Biden not announce that he's running for president in 2024? How dare 
Maggie. I mean, it was just like they could not stand it. That was just outrageous. And I just was like, I don't really, why, like, this is, maybe he's shrewder than you thought he was. Again and again, the thing about Joe Biden is they, they paint him to be this doddering old fool, but then they also act like he's a mastermind. And I think he's somewhere in between <laughs> in that he's, you know, he got legislation passed that nobody thought he would get passed. Uh, the midterms went far better for the Democrats than anybody expected. And then, you know, as somebody pointed out, I think it was uh, Perino pointed out uh, that if he doesn't announce his candidacy, he can uh, sit back for the next few months and just watch the Republicans tear each other apart and then just be like, oh, yeah, I'm running again. He's the incumbent. It's not really that big of a deal if he doesn't announce it. And, you know, he is very old. So if he decides he's not going to run again, I again, I don't. I, I just don't think, considering the state of the Republican Party, he's in that bad of a position. So uh, he might be playing this as like some sort of chess move of just like, I'm just going to let you guys scream at each other and not make myself a target yet. But I don't know. I just think it's funny that like Fox cannot stand the fact that he hasn't announced. He sort of said a comment to Al Roker on Easter and they're all like, oh, my God, that means it. He's running. And I'm like, well, maybe. I don't know. I don't really care. Uh, at this point, but it is just funny how Fox is freaking out completely for like losing their minds, Lo like just literally screaming like he can't do this. He has to announce it. This is outrageous. I'm like, OK, whatever. So the next section of the podcast is uh, stories that Fox News ignored every week. I take the in this case, 17 hours of Fox News that I covered and I compare it to five hours of the PBS NewsHour. I do this because PBS is a down-the-middle, high-quality, nonpartisan news source. And so the following, and it's on paper, is a list of stories that Fox, uh, that PBS covered that Fox News did not. The first one is a doozy. Jury selection for the Dominion Voting System's $1.6 billion defamation suit against Fox News started on Thursday. The trial is slated to begin next week, in this case, today. The mother of six-year-old student who shot his teacher in an elementary school in Newport News, Virginia, in January, was charged with felony child neglect. France's Constitutional Council approved President Emmanuel Macron's plan to raise the retirement age from 62 to 64. Protest strikes and riots continued throughout the country over the change. Junior doctors in the UK went on strike over a 30% pay increase over the next five years to keep up with increasing costs of living. Israeli soldiers killed two Palestinian gunmen after a drive-by shooting in the West Bank. Also in the West Bank, Israeli cabinet ministers led thousands in a pro-settlement march and rally. The federal government will expand Medicaid and access to the ACA to eligible undocumented immigrants who were brought to the U.S. as, part, as children, a program also known as Deferred Action for Childhood Arrivals, or DACA. PBS produced an extended segment about Medicaid expansion in North Carolina and how it will help hundreds of thousands of residents access health care. Millions will be kicked off of Medicaid plans in most of the country after emergency provisions for the COVID-19 pandemic expire. During the health crisis, people on Medicaid did not have to prove they were still eligible for the program. Over the next few months, people who do not qualify for Medicaid 
will either lose health insurance, get a new plan through the ACA, or in the private market. Annual inflation, as measured by the Consumer Price Index, dropped in March for the ninth month in a row. But core inflation, which excludes food and energy prices, increased 0.4% from February following a 0.5% bump in the previous month. That pushed up the annual increase from 5.5% to 5.6%. Harlan Crow, a Republican megadonor, purchased property from Supreme Court Justice Clarence Thomas. A federal disclosure law requires justices and other officials to disclose the details of most real estate sales over $1,000. Thomas did not disclose the deal. The Justice Department charged three sons of the drug kingpin El Chapo and dozens of others involved with the Simola cartel in fentanyl trafficking investigation. Mexico's top immigration official faces charges over a fire in a detention center that killed 40 last month. The Biden administration declared fentanyl laced with the animal tranquilizer xylazine an emerging threat in the U.S. A large industrial fire broke out in a shuttered plastic recycling and retailer in eastern Indiana, prompting the evacuation of near, nearby residents. Part-time faculty were joined with tenured professors during their strike at Rutgers University last week. The strike by 9,000 employees could set a precedent for labor disputes in higher education across the country. PBS introduced, produced a segment about the increase in swatting, intentionally provoking false alarms about mass shooting events in school campuses across the country. Hundreds of Houthi prisoners of war and 16 Saudis were released in a prisoner swap in a concerted effort to end the civil war in Yemen. Supporters of the Russian opposition leader Alexei Navalny claim he is being poisoned while incarcerated. Both Russian and Chinese-backed actors are attempting to covertly sow division among Americans and increase distrust of institutions following the criminal indictment of former President Donald J. Trump. Somalia is facing its worst drought in 40 years. Humanitarian agencies warn that as many as 8 million people are in dire need of assistance. The International Monetary Fund dimmed its outlook for the global economy, citing prolonged high inflation and rising interest rates. Janet Yellen remains optimistic about the U.S. economy. Minneapolis mayor signed a change to the noise ordinance, which will allow amplified call for Muslim prayer five times a day. Residents of small South Pacific islands are suing UN's International Court of Justice in an effort to slow climate change and formally asking the ICJ to specify what states' legal obligations are to address climate change and what the consequences should be for those who fail to act. Dozens of people in central Myanmar were killed in airstrikes last Tuesday, including several children. The attack was condemned by the international community and the UN. Myanmar has been in chaos and its economy wrecked since the military seized power in a February 2021 coup. North Korea tested a new solid-fuel long-range missile. This new type of weapon could make it harder to detect and shoot down. South Korea and the U.S. responded with more defensive air exercises. A Spanish athlete spent 500 days isolated deep underground in a cave. She was monitored from afar by a group of scientists to test the effects of extreme isolation on the human body. PBS caught up with Paul Salopek, 
a man who is halfway through his years-long journey of walking around the world by himself. The National Recording Registry just added 25 new songs, including tunes sung by Madonna, Mariah Carey, Queen Latifah, and Daddy Yankee. British fashion designer Mary Quant died at the age of 93. She was best known for her mini skirt designs in the 1960s. And now for the by the numbers, the top five categories for PBS and Fox. So Fox, five top categories by percentage were Pentagon document leak, dominated at 12%, anti-Biden, which is just general any story that trashes Biden, that just goes on forever, the Trump interview was 6%, China is dangerous, and Democrat cities are hell. <laughs> I don't know what else to call these categories, because it's basically, that's I'm describing them. PBS NewsHour, top five topics by percentage were abortion, medication battle, and new laws, pertaining to abortion. Pentagon, that was 12%. Pentagon leaked documents, 8%. Artist profile, which is a staple of PBS. Mass shooting in Louisville. I did get some mention on Fox, but obviously not nearly as much. And finally, Biden in Ireland for 4%. And PBS, by the way, had much better coverage on that. They included the history of the conflicts that have gone on in Northern Ireland and the state of Northern Ireland today, which is not ideal. It's much better than it was, but it's there's still tensions. There's still walls that separate communities, which I found fascinating. Um, the words used on Fox for the week ending uh, April 16th were China Chinese for 348, Biden 301, Russia 176, uh, Trump 158. By comparison, DeSantis was mentioned eight times, <laughs> uh, Ukraine 116, Crime shot up at 96. Hunter Biden, 48. Uh, electric vehicles were like a big thing last week. 35 mentions. And AOC, of course, made the list again. Weirdly, border, which is normally very, very high on this list, dropped to only seven mentions. And a couple of them were actually border of uh, Russia. So thanks so much for listening. Uh, this week I'll be doing Ingram Angle in addition to The Five and Fox and Friends. If you want to become a supporter, you can go to my Patreon at Decoding Fox News. If you want to become a paid subscriber, that's at Substack. Thank you so much for listening. Give it a review if you can. Thank you so much for your kind reviews. It means the world to me. Odin and Thor, thank you so much. See you at the next podcast.